Welcome to The Socialist Program. This is the audio of our monthly seminar. Subscribe and support this programming at patreon.com slash the socialist program to join live once a month and ask Brian Becker your questions and listen to them as soon as they come out. Thanks so much for your help in keeping this independent show going. We can make this program with you, but not without you. Yes, I want to, like you, Nicole, thank everyone for supporting the show. The number of patrons is growing. And that's very, very important to the extent that we have financial support means that we can do the show. If we were able to get more support, we would be able to expand the show. We have a little under 600 people who are subscribing, but we have many, many thousands of people who are regular listeners to the show and they don't subscribe. And of course, we want to be able to provide free content. We want to be able to do battle in the battle of ideas with bourgeois ideology, which is dominating. And at the same time, we need people to do their part to show their support by subscribing. And subscribing is not that onerous. It's not that burdensome. It's really just a matter of people making a decision to do it. We encourage everyone who's, who's not a patron to become one. And we thank all of you so much for your enduring support really important for us. It's important not only financially, it's also important psychologically to know that people really do care about the show. And as Nicole said, it's a lot of work to produce this level of content independently without any corporate or major institutional structural backing. So knowing that people really care about the show, use the show, rely on the show, like the show, and support the show makes a big difference. Let's get started. Brazil, it was a close, fairly close election, but Lula has won. I mean, the Workers' Party of Brazil, which Lula founded and was the leader of, won four straight popular votes starting in 2000. And then Dilma Rousseff, who succeeded Lula, who was perhaps the least corrupt politician in Brazil, a really you know tried and true dedicated fighter against fascism earlier during the period of the military dictatorship, someone whose you know, ethics and morality is beyond question. She was the one who was actually impeached on trumped up corruption charges and driven from office. And that happened with the support of the U.S. government at the time. And as a consequence, the Workers' Party, even though it had won the popular vote, lost power. And we had, over a period of time, Bolsonaro coming into office. And Bolsonaro was an admirer of Hitler, far-right, fascist or semi-fascist, someone who did so much damage to the lives and living conditions and circumstances of the people of Brazil, a Trump-like figure. Anyway, Lula won. And he won after coming out of prison. He was also the target of a fraudulent frame-up indictment, arrest, and trial, and imprisonment. And once out of prison, he was able to regain leadership and the mass movement, especially the MST, the Landless Peasant Movement or Landless Rural Workers Movement in Brazil, did so much, along with other social movements, to make sure that Lula could win. And Lula has won. This is huge. Of course, Brazil is part of BRICS, Brazil, Russia, India, South Africa, and China. 
those countries that under progressive governments earlier, governments certainly, even if they weren't consistently progressive, were seeking to be independent of U.S. imperialist domination, they formed BRICS as a counterweight. They're big countries, they're major countries, big economies, major military forces. They formed BRICS, but under Bolsonaro, I mean, you could say a little bit the same under Modi with India, but certainly with Bolsonaro, the idea of BRICS as a counter-hegemonic formation was certainly weakened And I know that progressive forces and governments that seek independence from U.S. imperialism have to be overjoyed today, along with the working class and the peasantry in Brazil, over the return of Lula to office. We're going to keep following it. There will be a lot of news and analysis coming out in the rest of the week. We'll continue to see. Also, Brazil, of course, like all of Latin America and like the entire global south, is under extreme economic pressure from the policies of capitalist neoliberalism. But we know that Lula will seek to have an independent path. Of course, for the progressive governments in Latin America, and I would count first and foremost amongst them, of course, Cuba and Venezuela, this has to be considered a very, very important and welcome development, given the fact that Bolsonaro was an extreme anti-communist counter-revolutionary force. So congratulations to the people in Brazil. Congratulations to Lula. Big shout out to our friends in the MST who did so much to campaign for Lula to make this victory possible. I also want to mention before we get into the Q&A, which is the bulk of what we're trying to do with these seminars, is that Elon Musk is now the owner of Twitter. Just think about it. The richest man in the world now is the owner, it's his property, of Twitter, which is in many ways the global commons where literally billions of people seek to communicate either what they're thinking, what they're feeling, communicate with their friends, weigh in. It is in many ways the global commons. And Elon Musk, a capitalist billionaire whose father owned an emerald mine in Southern Africa, someone who comes from the bourgeoisie and is the epitome of the capitalist ruling class and is, by the way, through SpaceX, his private space company, the principal private partner with the Pentagon in terms of advancing the Pentagon and U.S. government policy in terms of outer space, which, of course, is first and foremost a military priority. Elon Musk now owns Twitter. I mean, it's so emblematic of capitalism that this man, this billionaire, can purchase Twitter and determine what its policies will be. And, you know, parts of the left are saying, well, if he's more of a, quote, free speech absolutist, meaning maybe he'll let Donald Trump have his account back, or he's letting racist forces that were banned from Twitter back, that that somehow Elon Musk is, quote, golden. I saw some people saying that online. I mean, we are for free speech rights. Of course, you know, Donald Trump could have been arrested for seditious conspiracy. His only real penalty up until now has been the loss of his Twitter handle. And of course, we also know that the forces of repression within social media, like Twitter, like Facebook, have been more than anything purging and discriminating against left forces. 
and progressive forces and anti-imperialist forces. So we, we know about how this free speech issue is unfolding in a way that's very detrimental. But I want to emphasize the fact that a capitalist billionaire, the richest man in the world, now owns Twitter. It's up to him. It's not up to the people on Twitter. It's not up to the employees at Twitter about what happens. It's his property. I mean, this says so much about the way capitalist property relations function that this billionaire can do this. And then you think about Jeff Bezos, the other, maybe the second richest billionaire. They keep, I think, taking turns about who's the richest. He owns the Washington Post. And he has a major Pentagon contract and a major contract with the CIA for cloud services. So you have this tiny clique of capitalist billionaires partnering with the military industrial complex and intelligence services. Let's not think of any of them as the champions of anything good, like the champion of free speech or the champion of anything progressive. Even if Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk incidentally says something that you might agree with, you know, just because there's some intersection on some issue. We shouldn't then put these people on a pedestal or put the system that allows billionaires to own the commons, to take control of the commons. We have to be able to argue and demand that the commons belong to the people, that this be a collective system. That's why we're fighting for a different system. We're fighting for the system of socialism, where all of these institutions, not just social media, but what is now private industry, the factories, the offices, that it become under the democratic control of the masses of people, that these become democratically controlled institutions, which cannot happen under the control of private property, under a system of private property. If it's privately owned, that means the private owner has the right to exclude, the private owner decides. That is the you know, negation of basic democratic thoughts, basic democratic philosophy. It's bourgeois democracy, which is, as Lenin pointed out, above all else, the right of the capitalist to exploit labor. And speaking of the exploitation of labor, Elon Musk, according to the Washington Post, I'm looking at the headline, worked through the weekend. That must have been hard. He might, maybe he did an all-nighter. And what was he working on? Preparing to lay off, fire as much as 50% of the Twitter workforce. Thousands of people are about to lose their jobs. Many of them, I think all the Twitter employees were vesting in their compensation packages as of November 1st, meaning that they would get compensation for having been employees at Twitter, a promise made by the former bosses and owners of Twitter. And there's a lot of fear that today, Monday, October 31st, the day before November 1st, that people are going to be fired and thus lose their compensation packages that they were promised. So again, I want to highlight that. And the third point I want to highlight is Politico had an article last week that revealed that the Pentagon is taking the B-61 super accurate, as they say, thermonuclear gravity bomb one of the biggest and most strategic weapons in the U.S. nuclear arsenal, and is now positioning these weapons all over Europe in NATO military bases. And the Washington Post 
confirmed the story. The Pentagon confirmed the story to the Washington Post that indeed the U.S. is shipping all of these nuclear bombs, B-61 thermonuclear bombs to Europe, but reassures us that it has nothing to do with the Ukraine conflict. Like, that's impossible. This is obviously the Pentagon preparing for possible nuclear war in Europe. And when you think about that, when you think about the dimensions, the possible magnitude of the violence, the death, the suffering, not just for those who would die in a nuclear exchange, but for generations to come who would live with the terrible legacy of radiation and radioactive poisoning, not to mention people all over the world, not just in Europe, who would be suffering as a consequence. And here you have no indication whatsoever from the Biden administration that it is interested in negotiations with Russia to end the war, just sending billions and billions of more weapons to Ukraine, obviously coordinating the Ukrainian military. This is a proxy war. The U.S. is happy about it, waging this war against Russia. And we've been doing these shows on the socialist program where we've been maintaining that escalation is in the air because there is a logic to escalation. The Russians actually may be in a position where they cannot, quote, win the war, whatever that means. And the U.S. is determined not to negotiate. And the U.S. is determined to impose a severe military defeat on Russia. So if Russia can't win but won't be defeated, the logic is escalation. And the U.S. knows this. The U.S. knew it from the beginning. They knew it back in you know November 2021 when the U.S. said Russia's demands for Ukraine to be neutral and not a staging ground for NATO weapons that target Russia, that these demands by Russia were non-starters, that Russia had no right to make these demands. The U.S. knew where this was going. And now here we are, indeed, on the escalation ladder, and the U.S., the Pentagon, quietly stockpiling these huge strategic nuclear weapons in NATO bases all over Europe and doing it on an expedited basis. That's in the Politico article. Anyway, I'll stop there. Those were my three points. Brazil, the great victory of Lula, the terrible takeover of Twitter by Elon Musk. That wasn't great before, but this is really something. And third, the indeed, the escalation ladder is being climbed by both sides in the war waged by the U.S. and NATO against Russia and vice versa, Russia against NATO encroachment in areas close to Russia. So I'll stop there and let's open it up for Q&A. That's all for this preview. If you'd like access to the rest of this seminar and our entire archive of exclusive seminars with Brian Becker, become a patron at patreon.com slash the socialist program. We are an independent show and we cannot make this programming without you. Thanks so much for your support. 